hello and welcome back to another episode of Bleacher Buds. I am Johnny and kicking it here with me is my good friend Marson. As you know by now, we are down the street from beautiful Wrigley Field at Marson's Place. Today we're going to chat about the last two series against the Pirates, the Brew Crew, and how the season is shaping up just two weeks in. So let's go. How you been, John? I have zero complaints from my side of the field. I got... Not a lot new going on. I helped some friends move this past weekend. That was a lot of fun because I'm a sicko and I like helping my friends move for some reason. Uh, it's always an enjoyable time for me. So You enjoy the free beer and the pizza, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and just get to bullshit for a little while with people. So that's always a good time. How, are you, how have you been doing? I've been great. Uh, a little busy with a lot of things happening in my life, but I am looking forward to getting away from the city this weekend. I am... Going to be traveling up north, get to hike a little bit around Devil's Lake. If you haven't been out there, it is a beautiful place to go hike in just a three-hour drive. Highly recommend it, but don't recommend the Wisconsin baseball team. I completely understand where you're coming from, and I really hope you you rep the Cubs <clears throat> in enemy territory. Oh, there. as always. Absolutely. So, it's funny because whenever we go out of state, Michelle looks at my wardrobe and she asks me, are you just going to wear Chicago stuff every day we're there? <laughs> and pretty much if I can, I will probably wear Chicago stuff every day I'm there, especially my Jordan jersey, because no matter where you are with the Jordan jersey, you get respect and love. So that's just oh, like absolutely. A, a universal. That's, that's a classic now. That's a classic. You got to keep the Jordan jersey on. It's one of the old school ones, one of the like Adidas ones too, with the cursive. Oh, so nice. Sick. I nice. love it. Never goes out of style. Definitely not. Definitely not. So, Marson, we're two weeks into baseball, and it's been a hell of a two weeks, I'd say, so it's been far. A, it's been a roller coaster so far. I think we're, uh, we're at the point where the roller coaster has gone up, and it has come straight down, and we're moving really fast right now at that down portion. And it's been a little hard to watch the last couple series, but... We play 162 games for a reason. I think the scariest part about this roller coaster ride right now is not being able to see the rest of the track. You don't and, know what's ahead of you. And, and we we kind of we kind of chatted about this before we hopped on right now. But my biggest fear going into the season was that the Cubs would be hovering around five, six, seven games at the All Star break, and the front office would have enough to justify moving people and shipping guys out and trading for pieces even though we might be a little competitive or something. And, and that was my biggest fear. What I really want is either these boys to just ball out and do everything. I think kind of like you said, last dance style, like just one more, one more run. Let's go. Let's get deep into the playoffs and cause some chaos. Or I don't know. I don't want to see this team broken up in no. the middle of the year because they're not playing up to expectations, which I mean, I've been high the last few years. They're just not gelling. They're not hitting. I mean, it, there's a lot of things going wrong on the offensive side of the ball and at the batter's box. They're, they're not they're, – I feel like they're swinging for the fences every time they're up to bat, and they've completely forgotten how to play small ball. Which is kind of the way the league is right now, and I, I get that, but you can't – and, and we'll, we'll hit a lot of the numbers later and talk about a lot of that stuff, but you can't perform the way the, the Cubs have been performing at the plate and expect – the front office and fans and everything to continue pushing it. And it's just two weeks into the season. Like you said, we have 162 games to go, but 
there's a lot of troubling signs we've seen continued from the last couple of years that continue on, which I think is the biggest frustrating part for you know, Cubs fans. What's been most surprising to me has been that the pitching actually has been pretty good. You know, the, the starters have been going out there for the most part, you know, have been pitching well. They're just not getting run support. And I feel that there's, you know, it's, you're, you're putting straw on the camel's back if you're a Cubs batter right now. And that bullpen, you can't rely on it all year like that. You know, you got to help them out. You got to help the starting pitchers out. You got to give them some run support. And the pitchers, if they're not going to be getting that, they're, they're it's going to psych them out. They're going to go out there knowing that they're not going to have that run support or feeling they're not going to get that run support. And they're going to think they're going to need to be perfect out there every time. And that's where mistakes are going to start happening. They, the pitchers need to know, I feel they're most comfortable knowing that, hey, they're going to get more than two, three runs behind them uh, when they're out there pitching against you know a Milwaukee or a Pittsburgh, and it's just not happening right now, and that's going to allow a lot of room for errors to happen. And you're you're absolutely right in everything everything you just said, and I don't think I don't think majority of people pre season and during spring training were talking about the Cubs. Obviously, it was a lot of the hitting stuff and how that needs to shape out, but a lot of people, ourselves included, were very confident that Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras. All these main dudes, Javier Baez, all these main guys would perform back to where they've been able to perform at a really elite level before. And a lot of people were writing off the pitching. And I'm really upset I didn't sign up on Twitter sooner and put my thoughts out there sooner because, Marson, you were there to hear me, but I was I was touting that the Cubs were taking these pitching pieces and putting them together. And like they believed that it could work in a certain way. And I think up until this point, they've, they've kind of been able to do that. Absolutely. And you've said it here on the podcast. You said it a few episodes ago. So that's that, that part has been cemented. You've said it, and it's been, it's been heard. And, and you're, you're fairly right about that. You know, I, I feel that the, it, it's kind of strange thinking the pitching has been better than, than the batting this year. That's just not what you expect when you look at that, you know, that batting order, one through nine, what they throw out there. You expect the main you know, the, the, the positive on the team to be the batting, right? And it's just, it's it hasn't been happening. You tell us that you Darvish was traded and John Lester left and the guys that we have, not a lot of people would have thought that the pitching would be performing as good as it has almost three times through the rotation now as it has been. So I, I think that's a pretty good, like, preview to how we feel in general about the team. Uh, before we kind of get into the first road trip, which involved uh, Pittsburgh, and going over there into Pennsylvania and then coming back here to Wrigley North in Milwaukee. But first, we have some house cleaning items to take care of, some roster moves, some COVID stuff happened as well. So before we go into the recap, everybody pretty much knows Hendricks was scratched for the game the other day and Mills' spot started with about 25-minute notice. So it was only a matter of time until Mills was going to get the start of game for a Cubs. You knew he was chomping at the bit. Yeah, props to props to Millsy for putting out a gutsy performance and a spot start like that after pitching the day before as well a little bit, I believe. So that was cool. Duffy, Winkler, and Workman all put on the COVID IL with the little outbreak that happened with the two coaches. Romine was activated due to that. Walters was designated, so brought up Romine. He's feeling better. He caught the other day uh, for Wilson Contreras, so Contreras could get the off day today scheduled, as well as the actual off day that they had when they benched him. So he'll get two days off in a row before facing the Braves. 
Shelby Miller came up, selected from the alternative site. He had a clause in his contract that he was able to opt out and basically become a free agent, essentially, and get signed by another team. The Cubs had until I think it was the 13th to respond to that clause, and they responded to it by bringing him up, brought him into the game. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. And Alzale and Wick were sent to the alternate site as well. Alzale was really sent down just kind of because of the off days we have coming up. I think they have two in five days. So. I was wondering about that. I, I, yeah. I texted you about that. I was like, what do yeah. you really think of this? I was I, I was confused about it at first, and I read into it a little bit. And they, yeah, they're, they're, Makes sense. they're kind of sending him down just to give him a little bit of a break. And so that he pitches again on actual five days rest kind of thing, yeah. I think. So that's kind of the housekeeping items that we had there. Bef- yeah, that's the housekeeping items that we had there let's go ahead and jump into what the cubs have been doing basically the last week which was the first road trip of the season so yeah it's been quiet in wrigleyville the last week it's it was really great you know hearing the organs out the window and seeing fans walking around but the cubs took a road trip we first game was out in pittsburgh uh and this was the game where i feel i felt the bats woke up they, they came alive they had a season high 11 hits all Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo all supported Jake Arrieta with home runs behind him. And we were trailing until Baez hit his home run. And we had, as I mentioned, 11 hits in that game. And I really felt confident after that game that the Cubs might be starting to turn things around. And then game two. And game two came around on a Saturday. And Davies, well, Davies essentially got shelled. He gave up seven runs in the second inning. And the Pirates pretty much never looked back from there. The final score was Chicago Cubs 2, the Pittsburgh Pirates 8. The only highlight, really, from that game that I could pick out was that Mills, Maples, Adelman, Workman all combined for 6.1 innings pitched and just one earned run. Props to the bullpen there. Claps all around for those boys. That's a hell of a performance for the bullpen, not letting that get any more out of hand I think especially in this day and age of baseball with the homers and the strikeouts that are happening these games can get a lot uglier way quicker last year we saw a 29 run scored game so yeah we don't want to see that happen yeah so that was the second game unfortunately the Cubs did not win and they went into the rubber match which was game three game three we saw Trevor Williams get beat up by his old team in Pittsburgh Cubs lost that game seven to one yeah, we gave up 10 hits, or Williams, I should say, gave up 10 hits and five earned runs, just over 3.1 innings. The Cubs only had five hits and could muster up one run in that game, Johnny. These are games you expect to win against the Pirates. I, I hope for two out of three every time the Cubs face the Pirates. In order to win the NL Central, we've talked about this before, you need to beat up and capitalize on lesser opponents in this division. And, I mean, credit credit to Pittsburgh for winning two games out of three in that series. Uh, and then the Cubs took a road trip up to Milwaukee after the Pittsburgh series. Johnny got us started with game one. They came back to the good old Midwest, and they went to Milwaukee to play at Wrigley North. Game one, Alzale starts. He was left in maybe just a little bit too long by David Ross. We're going to talk about that later, too, maybe. Freddie Peralta is throwing straight gas from the mound. He looks like the guy everybody thought he could be back when they first got him and when he was first drafted. Fun fact, not so fun fact actually, but something I thought was really impressive from Freddie Peralta was the fact that he retired the last nine batters he faced after he gave up a home run to Chris Bryant. 
If that's not buckling down after giving up hard, solid contact, I don't know what is. But in that game, only four Cubs hits and three runs. And two of those runs were in the ninth inning when they were down. And the person, the guy who came in from the Brewers' bullpen was a pitcher. I think it was his first appearance of the year. He was not very highly touted, but he came in, quickly gave up two runs. Hader came in and quickly struck out two and put the Cubs into the bullpen with the L. Just too little too late there. In uh, game through, that's the Wilson Contreras game. Wilson Contreras, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, came out big for the Cubs in that game. He, I feel he single-handedly won that game for us. Uh, this was the game where Mills had the spot start for Kyle Hendricks. Uh, all Rizzo, Contreras, and Hap had one or more hit in this game. Uh, Tapera brothers, Pedro Strupp came out, got the win in this game. Chafin and Kimbrell all combined for five innings pitched, one hit, zero earned run, it's, and five Ks. And that bat flip was something else. That was attitude. That was emotion. I loved it. It was fun to see that. And and especially after him getting hit by Milwaukee as many times as this happened. And and you know what? It wasn't it wasn't disrespectful either. No. He didn't stare at the Brewers dugout. No. He didn't talk to anybody. Not he looked at our dugout, yep. threw his bat towards us. He's and, trying to fire and our guys up. Go. He's trying to fire our guys up because they didn't really ice like when he went around the bases and he was hushing yeah. the crowd. Oh, I, I like that. I loved it. It I was like that. so great. I like that attitude. And then in game three, Johnny. Game three was not anything to talk about a whole lot. Cubs essentially got blown out by the end of that, losing seven to nothing. Arietta pitched kind of all right when you look at his numbers he gave up three runs on four hits in five innings shelby miller who we mentioned a little bit earlier got called up and made his debut with the chicago cubs hasn't pitched in a couple years had some injury stuff as well he got shelled gave up quite a few runs as well walked a couple of dudes steel and maples look good in this game though i i've tried to kind of pick out something positive from from every game at least because I think I remember when the Cubs were really, really bad and there were not positive things you could really pick out from games and there weren't really things you could point to and say, this is the overall thing that needs to be fixed or the, the certain aspect of this team that needs to improve in order for us to be playoff contenders. And that's kind of just where I, I sit as a Cubs fan right now. The, the team isn't doing all that great, but I'm trying to look at the things the team is doing well and continue to do well that will maybe shine if they can get the bats to wake up and start performing a little bit better. So so moving on to the news front, we had some news come out today that David Ross has been suspended for one game and that Ryan Tapera was suspended for three games for throwing at Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Brandon Woodruff. And Johnny, thoughts about this? I have a lot of thoughts about it. I don't think it's worth I know he's being suspended because of COVID rules and safety and you're not allowed to do anything that causes the action of people to basically get closer and not be socially distanced as they should be from the dugouts and I get that's probably where the suspensions come from and I know they probably deal out the suspension to David Ross as well to just kind of say we don't we're not going to tolerate this from any level of an organization whether it's the manager telling pitchers to do it or the pitcher doing it we're going to we're going to suspend both and make sure that everybody can kind of see the message we're sending here with this. But 
I don't think it was necessary. This is coming I, under I, I the really, guise. I really is, don't think it was necessary. This is coming under the guise of COVID right now, and they're trying to justify a suspension, which is questionable in my opinion. But take a look at this. This was the seventh time that Wilson Contreras has been hit by the Milwaukee Brewers in the past two seasons. If you take that time span and look at all of the major leagues, that's the most a single player has been hit by an opponent in that span in all of Major League Baseball. And not only that, but the Cubs played the Brewers the first week of the year at Wrigley, and that happened two more times to Wilson Contreras in that series. One of those of which hit him in the head, and that started started this conflict that's brewing right here. And I feel that you can't... And he was obviously emotional as he got hit, right? And it's frustrating to have that happen, but at the same time, you can't get bullied by another opponent. I'm not saying play dirty, but also you can't be bullied by another team like that. And I feel that this was going to happen sooner rather than later. I mean, the, there's tensions between these two teams. I'm feeling it. Everybody's feeling it watching these games. I felt it in the stadium when I watched Wilson Contreras get hit. It's just, it's unfortunate to see one man get hit that much, whose name is not Anthony Rizzo on the Cubs roster, right? Kind of expected with with Anthony, but for this guy to, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Johnny? I don't, I don't think they were throwing at him on purpose. I don't think they have it out for Wilson Contreras, but I do think they have hit Wilson Contreras a lot of times in the last, what, three series they've played in the last yeah. two seasons. And whether it's intentional or not, it fucking hurts to get hit with the baseball. Yeah, oh, that, sure. I, that hurts. Yes, absolutely. And when it continuously happens, whether you're getting hit in the padded area or not, regardless of any of that, it, it hurts and it annoys you and it pisses you off. And I think Wilson Contreras had a decent, fine enough response that he was also fined, I think, $7,000 for when yeah. he, he pointed at the mound. Yeah. But I also think that Ryan Tapera throwing behind Woodruff, he didn't... No, he, he wasn't trying to hit him. him. He wasn't trying to hit him. This this if, was just trying to send a message. If he wanted to hit him, he would have. He would have absolutely. It would have been plain as day. And this, and and people who were like, "Well, that's how it used to be." It used to be you get drilled in the back. Oh yeah, absolutely. To pair it through behind him. Yeah. It, Woodruff sounded off at him. Told him it was fucked up. He didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, you and, saw him mouth. And him. then afterwards, nothing else happened. Nothing else happened the next game. So baseball took care of itself the way baseball has always taken care of yeah. itself. And let it play out in the next series if it plays out. It's like one of those things like fighting in hockey where the NHL has actively tried to get rid of fighting in hockey games. And that I felt that that brought a lot to, uh, you know, brought a lot of emotion to the game. It brought, you know, more tension between two opponents, but it made it more fun to watch because you see these two teams just trying to just trying to beat the other team up. And this is kind of the baseball equivalent of that, right? It's an unspoken rule of you know, you hit our guy this many times, you, one of your guys is going to get plunked, right? This isn't dirty baseball. This is something that's happened for years. And like you mentioned, we didn't hit Woodruff. Woodruff got thrown behind. He took offense to that. But I really wonder what Wilson Contreras was whispering into his ear there. Because you saw him put his mitt up and he was saying, he was saying some, he was saying something there. But I, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, David Ross is going to sit and, you know, sit out for a game and Tapera is going to be out for three. But I just I don't like this move by by Major League Baseball trying to suspend Willie or trying to suspend our manager and the pitcher for doing that. It's been a very bad week for Major League Baseball in terms of the replays they've messed up yeah. and the suspensions they've given to some folks. It's just been 
not the best headlines you want necessarily for the sport, I would say. So, that's the Wilson Contreras talk. Do you have anything else you want to add about it? Not about that. You Gucci bandana over there? Cool. So, we kind of talked about it a little bit here with the recaps and everything, but... I'm here to give some props and some kudos and some claps to this bullpen of the Chicago Cubs because the bullpen has been lights out in comparison to what I think a lot of people expected this bullpen to be. I think the starters have been better than people expected them to be as well. That includes Alzale and that gutsy spot start by Mills. I I thought it was really nice. He performed pretty well there. And that's the part that I think... It's a shame that that's not the most surprising part of the Cubs season right now. It's a shame that the most surprising start, the most surprising part of the Cubs season, or not so surprising part of the Cubs season, is that the bats are still in bed. The bats are still hibernating. I mean, it's it's just the Cubs have the worst batting average in Major League Baseball right now. I mean, it's not pretty right now. Sitting at a cool one sixty seven. Yeah, it's it, and and the next team ahead of them is the Cleveland Indians batting in the 190s. I mean, it's not even a small gap. And the Cubs are the Cubs are an outlier in last place. And, here. and didn't the didn't the Cleveland baseball team just recently get no hit? Yeah, they did. So they had an entire baseball game's worth of zero for their batting average. And the Cubs are still worse than them. I mean, you look at the Cubs, they've been shut out twice so far this year, and both times by the Milwaukee Brewers, which makes matters even worse. I I just, I feel the bats haven't been there. They're, they're still in hibernation mode. You had, in the last 10 games, Wilson Contreras has been statistically your best hitter out there, and everybody else has just been kind of quiet. Yeah, Wilson started off a little slow, but he kind of picked right back up from where he was performing last year. He was a really, really solid piece last year as well. He's got an OPS of 1.115 right now. So doing great in that area. His on base percentage of 500, 385 batting average in the last seven a games. A clutch home run. A very clutch home run. So Wilson Contreras has been doing it out there, man. He's been, he's been performing well. And him, Brian, and Baez lead the team the last week in hits, which is exactly what you want. But... You kind of need some other guys to step it up as well and have a couple of hits here and there, too. And that's just not happening whatsoever for the Cubs. We're striking out a lot, too. You've got Javi Baez with 21 strikeouts already on the year as, as opposed to only nine hits. I mean, it's, I mean that's, it, that's Javi being Javi. It's Javi being Javi. But it, 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 even those guys, those big banger guys that you're hoping are going to you know put string together some hits. But I feel that everybody's trying to hit the home run ball. I mean, every game that the Cubs have won... They've been powered by the home run ball, and they just haven't been hitting home runs. You look at the pitching staff, uh, the, the pitching staff has is, is exceeded my expectations so far this year. The starting pitching staff, the bullpen has been great. I mean, you have Craig Kimbrell pitching as good as you'd expect him to, you know, in his prime. And I just don't want to see a situation here where the Cubs start shelling these guys out at the All-Star break because they're not competitive. Yeah, and I think that is... I think most Cubs fans' nightmare-ish situation is that we're just not competitive and everybody kind of gets shipped off. But, I mean, it's a trade for a reason. You get something back for for what you put out there. But 
it's basically the same old story for the Cubs. Their bats aren't hitting, and, and the pitching is actually doing pretty well. The Cubs are doing really well at allowing their pitchers to do what they do well and kind of pinpointing that and and, and really holding on to it and, and allowing it to work its game plan through. And if the runs could if the runs were more than 2.6 a game, which <laughs> the next... The next closest team to the Cubs in runs allowed per game is almost a full run ahead of them. The Cubs are averaging 2.67 runs a game. The next team is the San Francisco Giants at 3.42. Cubs are fifth in Major League Baseball in strikeouts with 122 strikeouts on the year. It's not just Javi striking out. You know, you can kind of live with that because that's the type of player he is. But it's, it's everybody. Everybody's not really seeing the ball well. They're not hitting the ball well. The bats haven't been that great either. And I feel that they've been just trying to hit home runs as opposed to play that small ball. I, I, I swear that Boog and JD were looking at my Twitter or something the other day because I, I tweeted out and talked about how the Cubs were getting... They, were, they have not only some of the highest swing rate against fastballs in the, some of the lowest swing rate against fastballs in the zone, but they also have the least amount of contact with fastballs in the zone. So not which, only are they not, not able hit. to hit fastballs in the zone, but they're taking more strikes of fastballs than anybody else right now. You got to be hitting those. Those are those are hittable pitches. Those are balls that you should be getting out for singles, for doubles. You shouldn't you know, you're not necessarily going to be leaning on that home run ball. You look at the Cubs pitching staff they're seventh in Major League Baseball in total strikeouts at 120. The Padres lead Major League Baseball at 144. Look at the other end of the spectrum. The Nationals only have 78, but that's kind of skewed because they haven't played as many games as everybody else. But this Cubs pitching staff is pitching well. They're, they're getting guys out. They're not getting hit really hard. I mean, there's been a the couple games, but that's going to happen over the course of a long year. I, it's just, it's, I don't know what's happening with these bats. Something I thought that was more statistically driven to kind of show this, and Marson, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but when you look at the Cubs in pitching and, and kind of where they sit in the pack right now, they're they're below league average, so they're in the bottom half. But the teams that they sit around in the bottom half, specifically what I'm looking at is, is ERA. The Houston Astros are above them. The Cincinnati Reds are below them. The Braves and the Angels all have worse ERAs and the Tampa Bay Rays, all worse ERAs than the Chicago Cubs pitching staff does. But all of those teams are hitting mostly how they should, top of the league for the most part, except the Tampa Bay Rays. They're in the bottom half. Every other team I named there, Houston, the Angels, as well as Atlanta, all pretty much hitting the way they should. And they're succeeding a little bit more than us right now. And I think that just goes to show some more that if these bats can wake up for the Cubs, it's going to be a real different story the way that people talk about this team. And yeah, we don't need this pitching staff to be dominant. And that's the most frustrating part is that if our if our batting was just average, everybody would be talking about how great our pitching has been recently and how much of a surprise that is and how the Cubs might have way more of a shot on the NL Central because our staff looks more complete one through five rather than just having two top-heavy dudes. And they got some guys in the bullpen. And you got Craig Kimbrell still has a zero ERA on the year. Kimbrell is looking nasty. Yeah. So good. He looks himself. He looks like he's... And, it, and it's not just to start the year. He was pitching really well towards the end of last year, albeit a lot of that has been forgotten. 
but he still hasn't given up a single run yet this year, and that's encouraging to see that. And something else that I, I really like is that he's come in for m- multiple innings, innings saves, saves, which yeah. is awesome because whether and some people might not want to hear this right now, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyways. Whether or not he is with us another year and we end up resigning him, or whether or not he's traded at the deadline to go somewhere else, that's that's a piece right there that you can really enjoy and hold on to as a team, whether you're going to trade it or try to hold on to it and re-sign it, is that, hey, this dude has given us a couple of multi-inning saves now. He might be able to give you some couple of multi-inning saves. And in the playoffs, if you can get a guy to go six innings and then have a reliever come in for seven and another dude for two outs in the eighth and your closer for the last four or last five, that's a winning formula. And we've seen it in the years past in the playoffs. And, and that's a really valuable piece, whether it's with the Cubs or being traded away later. I'm getting a last dance vibe from this team. I just feel that, you know, the, the, it, we're coming close to the finish line on some of these guys we've seen growing up, you know, gr- that have grown up before our own eyes. And I just, I'd hate for it to go that way. And, you know, it's early. We're, you know, Chicago fans, major market fans in general are going to freak out faster because that's all the media is talking about. But I mean, they're not wrong to talk about these things. I just think that they ha- they've, they've played, you know, the Pirates twice there. They haven't really played well against them. You're, they're not able to put up runs against lesser opponents. It's, it's not a trend that you want to see. Not at all. And I unfortunately think we're only, I really think we'll be lucky if we keep two out of the three from Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. If we can keep two, that's awesome. We're obviously not keeping all three and re-signing all three. Somebody's going to go, I think, at least. I really would like to keep two out of three of them, but... Johnny, something just came into my head. So, if you were to... You're kind of talking about keeping two out of three guys, right? If you, you know, take one of those guys out of the equation, you'd probably think they get traded, right? Yeah. What do you think the Cubs would be looking for? Young guys. They got to rebuild the farm system. The farm system isn't where it's necessarily at. And I think there's enough. I think there's enough free agency coming up to where they can replenish and still be competitive in a semi-weak division, still, while also maybe trading one or two key guys or as a package and getting back a larger haul for some stuff. Okay. Unless they decide to just go fucking full U Darvish trade and get a box of peanuts for a Cy Young potential award winner. So That's a, that was a tough trade. That was a really tough trade. I mean, all in all honesty, the Cubs are only two games behind the Brewers right now in first place. There's a lot of baseball to be played. The oh, Cubs, so much baseball. The Cubs will find their groove. We don't want to sound, you know, that we're negative and the season is, you know, completely forgotten. You just you want to see them start hitting the balls consistently sooner rather than later. I don't just want to see one game, you know, where they explode for ten runs and then it's quiet the next two games. We looked at this earlier. The Cubs. Highest scoring output this year has been five runs. And it's it's not enough. I want to see some bigger games. I want to see the small ball. I don't want to see them swinging as hard as they can at, at pitches. I want them to start stringing these, these hits together. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the way every Cubs fan feels right now. And we keep saying it. We're only two weeks into the season. We got a lot of baseball to play, but just the way it looks right now is not. If we see a change in the bats, it will be 
a very welcome surprise, in my opinion, and it'll be ca- very cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some interesting series coming up here. We've got the Braves coming up here, who've kind of struggled a little bit out the gate. We've got uh, a series coming up here against the Mets. I'm going to be going to two of those games. I'm going to take my brother out for his birthday. And then we got the Brewers series coming up next weekend. That's that's going to be an interesting one. I I I I'm noticing some trends in the in in the way these series are laid out. But the Cubs seem to be playing one opponent, and then maybe there's a series gap, but then they come back and play that opponent again. I want to say MLB did it again this year, where we're not going to see the Brewers again for like a couple months. I think. Yeah. Maybe August. Or September, I want to say, but I really like when MLB sets a schedule up where you play your division opponent like half their games immediately in April. Yeah, and then there's like six in September. Yeah, we don't see the Brewers again until June 28th after this upcoming series. So I think that'll you know there might be some fireworks in this upcoming series against Milwaukee, and then you'll get a couple months for both teams to cool off, and then who knows where we're going to be at the end of June? You know, or, or begin at the end of June, early July. We're kind of around that all-star break. We're going to see what happens. It's going to be fun. I think these series are going to be a lot of fun all year. Whether these teams are good or not, they they always bring it for sure. I think one more thing that I just want to bring up is, uh, and something that I've been touting about the Cubs that, again, is not being recognized mainly because the bats suck so much right now is the defense. And the defense is a, a, a top five, top six defense right now with fielding percentage in terms of errors that they've committed They've just looked really sharp on the field as well, I would say. The outfield looks pretty good. Jay Hay had a little bit of a mishap in right field against the Brewers the other day, but overall the defense is performing really well, and I think that is also a bright spot about this team right now that we can take away. But outside of that, I don't think there's much much else outside of the, the pitching, and everything kind of people said wouldn't be good about the Cubs is all right, and the bats are just asleep we just got to play some more baseball we got to play more baseball and and i'm all for it i'm i'm a true fan i'm here for the 162 i'm not copping out early whatsoever we have months and months of baseball to go i want to remind everybody too that the washington nationals in 2019 were out by i think 11 12 games at the end of may and they won the world series and they won the world series they went on a great run and it can be done and i believe in this team still and and i still think it's a weird year coming out of the shortened season and all that so i think that's all i got marson got the winning lottery numbers for uh next lotto coming up no i wish i was i was real lucky last week i should have played the lottery i think i told you that yeah you mentioned that yeah it was a real solid week for me i definitely enjoyed it so awesome that is everything we have for today thank you guys so much for listening to us once again if it's your first time listening to us thank you so much we hope you enjoyed it and you come back you can uh, pretty much find us everywhere that you listen to podcasts and you can find us on twitter as well our twitter handles will be in the description of this episode that you are listening to it on you can find me at bleacherbud underscore johnny i'm bleacherbud marson and uh, this has been Bleacher Buds, and go Cubs go. Go Cubs go.